Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Matthew in the New Testament. I went on a journey with the Holy Spirit today. He showed me numerous things, and I was preparing to preach that to you. And I just felt like the Lord said, no, not yet. And I thought, oh, wow. Wednesday is Holy Ghost night, and I endeavor to flow in the Spirit, and we are, and we will. But I want to preach to you from Matthew chapter 4 and verse 2. It's a very simple scripture. If you're all there, say amen. Amen. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward, he was hungry. Father, I pray. (laughs) Oh, yeah, let's go. Father, I pray. Move in power right now. (laughs) Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Very profound scripture. It's, it's a tremendous challenge. Now, I, I've got numerous pastors online, and many people watch this after, so I want to say this to you in your hearing tonight. There's a flow of the Spirit of God, which you need to have as a leader. If, you, if, you, if you're going to have that, you have to have that in every service. But you have to remain sensitive to what God's saying to your congregation as a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. I was an evangelist that God called to be a pastor, so I'm kind of both. I got like a pastoral overlay on top of a prophetic sort of wild, unemployable evangelist. Amen. (laughs) It's just the way that God wired me up. So I struggled with that in the early years of ministry, not knowing, like, did I just bring the fire and lay hands on everybody every service? And I'd be like, the Lord's like, no, no. (laughs) You cast vision on Sunday mornings. I'm going to teach you to pastor in the midst of revival. Because if you, you can have thousands of people come You can have tens of thousands of people come give their heart to Jesus and backslide straight to hell. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for raising up more Pastor Gill and and Pastor Rosies. I'm I'm looking for for this. Because if you can multiply yourself, when you stopped playing for the keys, I thought, my God, help me. The keys stopped and you stopped, which is what I do. I'm so sorry. Yeah, anyway. The spiritual son of the house, what I'm, what I'm hoping, what I'm praying, what I'm believing in this, God would raise up a generation of world changers just like you, just like you heard right here. You didn't even hear Pastor Gill and, and, and Minister Rosie's testimony. That's what I'm hoping for. So there's a, there's a, a combination to unlock every area, every region, every culture, and I can hear the tumblers even turning. God has given us keys, but those things change as you move forward. And with every, every movement of God, every move of God, there's always a fresh sound, and there's always fresh strategies that God will release. So the strategy currently that God's given me over the past 16, 17 years that we've been here is to pasture in the midst of revival. What does that mean? I'm still trying to figure that out, but generally it's casting vision and bringing pastoral words 
on Sunday morning, then Sunday night and Wednesdays flowing in fire, gifts of the Spirit. It's not that the gifts and the fire aren't in the other services, they are. But an emphasis on the move of the Spirit on Wednesdays. So I have this word because I took this journey with the Holy Spirit and I studied it as this great word. And the Lord says, no. And I'm thinking, Lord. He says, no, I want you to, I want you to encourage them in the area of fasting. And so I'm going to give you, a, I'm teaching you, preaching to you a word about fasting. And I've given you notes, and I, I preached something similar to this uh, last year. The, if you get a hold of this, it'll change your life. Look, let me say this to you. There's not one real revivalist or ref, those who've worked reformation in the earth that didn't fast. Not one. They all did. All of them in history. So the purposes for fasting, seven biblical purposes. Then I'm going to talk to you about duration and length and just some of the things that happen when you fast and pray. And so you can take this, you can write it down, and you can share it with people. That's why I've given you notes. Kind of like a Sunday morning message of source, but we'll see what happens. I certainly didn't expect the Eagle River invasion right there, which I so enjoyed. Isn't that, I think we ought to put our hands together for Jesus one more time. Purposes for fasting. Seven biblical purposes for fasting. The first one is for power. That is not necessarily in order because there's other reasons that I think that might even be more important than, than power. Intimacy, for instance. Actually, out of, out of a biblical intimacy with God will flow power. Many people want power to flow but don't want the intimacy. Get away from me. I never knew you. Power in ministry. Power personally. Power in your business. You can fast for a greater release of God's power. How many of you wouldn't mind greater power? You know, I, uh, I have a number of vehicles, and um, all of them pale in comparison, power-wise, to my Cummins, 6.7 liter straight pipe chipped. That thing has got some power. And when I drive that, everything else is a disappointment as far as power. <laughs> I, like, I like powerful cars. I like my powerful wife. I love her, in fact. And the power of God is available for me, for you, if you're willing to do what biblically is required to walk in that. So you can increase in, in power. Matthew 17, verse 19 says, that the disciples said, why couldn't we cast it out? Verse 20, Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Verse 21 this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. The early church writings confirmed that the, the early church fathers fasted twice a week. We've got people that fast church and expect to have power. The, the, the church across America has one service on a Sunday morning that that architect sitting next to Dr. Morocco a number of years ago, they met on the plane, Dr. Morocco starts witnessing to him, he says, what do you do? He says, I build buildings for people that use them once a week. And Dr. Morocco said, you're a church architect. He said, right. Not the case here. And I don't think it should be the case anywhere, frankly. And the whole lie... The whole lie that, well, you're going to wear people out. They're already worn out. They're worn out by sin. They're worn out by the devil. And I'm going to tell you, services like tonight, 
I mean, we could close. That was legit right there. <laughs> Services like tonight, I mean, you all standing up in the back. I know why you're standing. You're standing up because like, man, he can do it for my uncle. He can do it for me. He was unemployable. So am I. Hey, glory. Lord, help me. You know, maybe that doesn't fit. But do you understand what I'm saying? Everybody say power and ministry, fasting throughout church history. Amen. Throughout church history. Charles Finney. He fasted and prayed. George Whitfield fasted and prayed. Jonathan Edwards fasted and prayed. Maria Woodsworth Adder. There's not one. I'm not going to just go on and list. These are just some right off the top of my head. You could go on and on and on and on and on and on. All church leaders that have been powerfully used by God throughout the ages have fasted and prayed. The second reason you can fast, and second purpose, seven biblical purposes for fasting. The second one is revelation. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I've, I've said it before, but it, it takes supernatural help to fulfill the plan of God. When God gives you an, a vision, when God gives you a dream, when God, when God gives you a plan from heaven, it takes supernatural instructions to fulfill it. And if you think you get a dream or a vision or hope from God that you can fulfill it of yourself, you're mistaken. And any dream or vision or plan from God that doesn't take God to fulfill it isn't from God. It's all, God will always move you into a place of, of impossibility, human impossibility, but divine enablement. And when you fast and pray, God will release revelation to you on how to proceed. And you see it throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. I mean, God would talk to his people and say, oh yeah, Jericho, Josh, just, uh, where are you, Josh? Josh, just go around seven times, you know. Then, then shout and, uh, and the walls will fall flat. Excuse me? No, I don't. We don't see fasting involved in that particular revelation, but you see it all over. You see it all over the place. Divine encounters come when you fast and pray. It says in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32 and 33, those that know their God will do great exploits. Great, not, great, not as in a, a you're able to dunk a basketball. Not great like that. Great as in awesome greatness of God. Great. So it takes supernatural help. And our whole, this whole church is, has been built on that. There's been many times over the years, especially when we first got here, that we just should have been destroyed. Some of you don't know the prophetic history. That's what I'm going to call it, the prophetic history of kings. But there was, we, hit a, we hit a moment in our journey where the devil hit us so hard that we, we really shouldn't even exist. To quote Dr. Morocco, our senior global pastor, my pastor for the past almost, well, for 30 years. It's not almost, it is 30 years. He says this should, the church in Alaska shouldn't exist. Kings in Alaska is an anomaly, shouldn't exist. And I know how it do, why it does exist because at one moment in time, in fact, during that period, God spoke to us to fast. And we did a long and extended fast. And during that fast, God broke the devil off of this place. Hallelujah. And 
something happened here. And we have never been the same. Some of you were a part of the church back then. Clearly, 95% of you weren't. When God here, there was 30 people. We went through some tremendous challenges. It was fasting and prayer. And I'll never forget, on the final day of that long fast, lying on my floor, because I was too weak, basically, to walk or do anything, the Lord spoke to me and said, remember, everything that's about to happen has happened because of prayer and fasting. Don't ever forget it. I said, yes, Lord. Prayer is not something we just have on a Friday. We have it seven days a week. Why? Because prayer makes a difference. And fasting, fasting and prayer releases power. Angels are released to ambassadors, to forerunners, to, to history makers. God's chosen you. Listen, don't, don't settle for mediocre. Don't settle for ho-hum Christianity. What a bunch of rubbish. I hate that. Well, just going to calm down. You're in the honeymoon stage now. Well, you see, you get along a little bit and you'll just learn to walk by faith. Like that's some kind of a painful thing. And I have to lose my joy. <laughs> I lose my joy. Got to walk by faith now. Oh my, what are you going to do? Uh, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I've had people try to calm me down and it doesn't work. It won't work. I was dead. I was broken. I was lost. He came and he saved me. He saved me. He healed me. He delivered me. Come on. He set my feet upon the rock. Oh, God is amazing. I, I got saved and never got over it. That's what a, a prophet said to me. He said, I see the word of the Lord over you. You got saved and never got over it. And I never will. Never old to me. Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. I set my face toward God to make requests with prayer and fasting. Verse 21 says, while I was speaking in prayer, a man, Gabriel, an angel comes. He's fasting and praying. Where are the Daniels? I think he's found some. I think he's found some in you. Revelation. I think about all the times where we were. I, I, I walked into one today. We had some, I have to just shoot high and not give you the details, but we had a, we had a, a, real, a real problem with the building. I don't mean the last year. I mean three weeks ago. <laughs> and... Um, Four weeks ago, I went, had a dream, and uh, woke up and did the dream. And in doing the dream, God released supernatural favor that unraveled the entire plan of the enemy. And it's still unraveling. I walked in like part two of that. God can give you dreams. Some of you are like, well, it's just a dream. What are you talking about? It's just a dream. Dreams and visions are how the kingdom moves forward many times. When you can't throw out the rest of Scripture... But they are important. And your dream and your vision, the revelation. When you fast and pray for revelation, it will not be outside of this. It won't be outside of this right here. It will, be, it will fit within the confines of this. It won't violate the word. You get, a, you get a vision, you get a dream. God shows you something. It's not going to contradict this. Well, I don't know the Bible all that good. How do I know? Well, come and share with one of our leaders. And we'll help you. And then learn, read, study, pray. Amen. The third thing is fulfillment in God's, of God's promises. Now, you see this in Daniel also. Daniel 9, 2. I understood from the books a number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet 
So he's reading the scroll of Jeremiah. He understands, ooh, it's 70 years. It's, it's time. And he begins to fast and pray because of the prophetic word. So you can take a prophetic word and you, you get a hold of that and you begin to fast and pray for its fulfillment. See, some of you don't fight for your prophetic promises. I'm going over here. That's it. You don't, you don't fight. Listen, if you have a promise, you, how about you and your whole household shall be saved? That's a great promise. You say, well, that's for the jailer. You can go ahead and take that for yourself. It is God's plan. It is God's will that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. So when you see something like that and it jumps off the, script, off the pages of Holy Writ and then you go read a commentary that says, well, you can't really apply that. that what does a commentator know? Most of those guys are dry and dead. Their wood's all wet. I've read, I've read stuff. I'm, I'm not against commentators. I'm just saying the Holy Spirit will teach you and will lead you and will guide you. And when you get a word from God, you take that thing and you don't back off until it comes to pass. And you fast and pray for fulfillment. Can you say amen? Raise your hand if you have a promise from God. All right. There's 7,500 of them, one preacher said. Scripture is full of examples of men and women who used, who were used by God to usher in the completion or the fulfillment of his promises. And that's what Daniel did. All right, D, four, deliverance from crisis. If you have a crisis tonight, welcome to the human race. Now, what are you going to do? I remember early on in my salvation, I'd hit crisis and I would, I, would, I would weep and I would cry and I would look for sympathy. And I would get it. Some of you are good at getting sympathy. I would get the sympathy. But you know, as time goes on, that's pretty empty. So, oh, we're so sorry. We just feel bad for you, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> really suffering right now. Okay, and then the sympathizers go home, and then you're left there. Then what are you going to do? You're just going to die? You're just going to roll over and die? The spirit within you who yearns jealously for you, God will awaken you and quicken you if you'll yield to him. And don't stop eating the Twinkies. Push yourself away from the thing that sedates you. Quit taking another bong hit and say it's going to be all right in the morning. No, it isn't. Oh, not here. Oh, holy ones. <laughs> That'll just take you to hell. Certainly make you smell like you've been there. Well, let's have a praise break. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. But there's medicinal... Okay. I think probably rubbing the cream on your knee is all right. Getting totally zonked. Okay. Fasting and prayer releases deliverance, and you'll see this throughout Scripture. Joel 2, which I preached on just recently, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders. There's, there's a time of corporate fasting that you see throughout the Old Testament and the New, and even godly presidents. We've had godly presidents that have called for a time of prayer and fasting in the United States in our history. I think it's time for prayer and fasting. 
and we are doing it, but I welcome you to jump on the train. Why? So you can see the crisis that's in your life averted. So you, so you can see the power of God put on display in your life. Fasting for national deliverance. All right, E, protection. I said on Sunday morning I was so messed up. I, honestly, I, I think I... I was, I was tired, and I was studying, and I just was feeling like a little bit under it. I am overcoming pneumonia. I've been healed by his stripes. It's manifesting in my body even now. Amen. And so Sunday morning, I'm working on my sermon, and I get to this prayer point, and the Lord speaks to me clear and says, you're alive. And I know what he meant. It wasn't like you're alive your whole life. You're alive over this past year because people have prayed for you. And when, that, when I heard him say that to me, the power of God touched me, and I got joy like a, I got joy like a fountain. All of a sudden, I started laughing. I thought, wow, that's a pretty humbling thing. And, uh, and then I recruited more people to pray for me <laughs> on Sunday morning, and I'm recruiting you. We need to pray and, and, and fast, but for protection is another reason. Protection. And you see this through so many scriptures here. Daniel 6, for you note-takers, 18 to 23. Esther, she was protected. Esther 3 and 13, Esther 4 and 3. Israel was under the threat of death in Esther's day. They prayed and fasted. It's called an Esther fast by some. They prayed and fasted and God protected, hung the enemy on his own gallows. How's that for a divine turnaround? How many of you need a divine turnaround? God can do it for you. Fast and pray, and you'll see change. Ezra 8 is another powerful scripture, verse 21 through 23, on protection. All right, F, direction. Direction and guidance. As I come to you pastorally this Wednesday night. If you need direction and guidance and you fast and pray, God will speak to you. And I can tell you unequivocally with a clear conscience, my, my wife agreeing that whenever we had decisions to make and we prayed and fasted, we never, ever, to my knowledge, made the wrong decision. I stand before you guided by God and so many others guided by the Lord. He was guiding you when he woke you up to go ahead and tithe before the big man woke up. And that was guidance and direction from the Lord. So he could bring protection, so he could bring the blessing, along with so many other things that you did. God brings guidance. He'll, he'll talk to you. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And I, I've found that when I'm fasting and I'm praying that God releases wisdom to me to be in the right place or guides me supernaturally even without me knowing it, to be in the right place at the right time. I've had it over and over and over and over again. God will give you, how many of you need direction? You don't know what to do in 2023. You're looking for a career change maybe. You don't know what to do. Come on, you can fast and pray and God can speak to you. Isn't that awesome? Jesus fasted and prayed all night before he chose his disciples. Luke 6, 12 to 13. Paul did the same thing, picking his team. We've got, we've got churches that pick board, not here. We've got churches that pick board members that, 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 without fasting and praying. 
how, how, could board, how could board members pick a new pastor without fasting and praying? Now, we don't have that. That system doesn't operate here. But you ought to fast and pray before you make, you ought to fast and pray before you pick that husband. Amen. You ought to fast and pray before you pick that wife. Come on, somebody. What's going on with you two? You, you got to know. You have to know. I, I'm just going to share a brief story from my life about guidance. I was crazy about Pastor Karen. I thought, she's, I thought and think that she's the most beautiful thing. All other women are men. Amen. Sorry, ladies. But I had been through a very difficult time in my life, and I did not trust. You know what I mean by difficult? I'd had relationships. I, before I got saved, I was divorced, I, and I have two children that I don't still get to see yet, but that will change. That's a full, I have a promise, and I'm praying for that during that. I've prayed for every 21-day fast and other fasts. I've prayed, oh, God, Lord, restore that relationship. And I, you can pray for me. I'd appreciate that. But with, with Karen, I didn't want to make a mistake. I had been divorced, and I'm thinking, now, I finally, Jesus got a hold of me. I'm born again. I'm spirit-filled. I don't need a girlfriend. I don't need a wife. That's what happened to me. I would go home, and God would visit me, and he would talk to me, and I'd walk. And just, I mean, amazing. I would, it, it, it could be potentially embarrassing, you know, especially if you don't understand, but it's strange for, to, to think of me this way. But I would go home. And I would put on worship music, and I would dance with the Lord. And he would dance with me. And he would speak to me and, 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 and hold me. And I mean, I'm just telling you, I had this incredible time with God. And in the midst of that, God spoke to me. And it might even been during a fast. I can't tell you that it was. But he gave me guidance about marrying her. I will say after the first word, which was a vision, I did fast and pray because I was like, she's so fine. I want to make sure it's not my flesh. <laughs> she's so fine. <laughs> she's so fine. She's so fine. I just want to make her mine. <laughs> and so, you know, you got to put your flesh down. Oh, you think he's all that. I'm going to tell you, he gets older, bro. That's what happens. <laughs> He had a six-pack. Now we're not sure what's under there. Get Chester drawer disease. You, that's where your chest falls in your drawers. If you fast and pray, God will give you guidance. And God gave me guidance, and he spoke to me about my wife. I'm telling you, God spoke to me that I was supposed to marry that woman. And I have so many confirmations that you'd have to be really, really dull and stupid to miss it. And, I, and I've shared those testimonies before. Part of that guidance came through prayer and fasting. If you need guidance, you pray, you fast. God's a speaking God. He will talk to you. He will show you. He speaks through his word. He speaks through prophets. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through the inner voice. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions. He can speak through angels. He can speak audibly to you. Intimacy with God. My wife was encouraging me along the lines of studying the beauty of the Lord. And so I've begun to delve into that again. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but as a very 
cursory intro. King David said, one thing I desire, that will I seek after, to behold his, his what? His beauty. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the beauty of the Lord? Have you ever read Revelation 4 and tried to imagine yourself to be John? Have you, ever, have, you ever, have you ever done that? Well, if you haven't, I'd encourage you to. It's like emerald. It's like, it's like sardius. He's, he's, it's like, like a sea of glass. He's like there's one sitting on the throne with all of these colors and glory and power and fire. John. How could the, listen to King David, one thing I desire, he says in the Psalms, one thing, it wasn't a woman later, he messed it up later, but at that moment, he was desiring to see the Lord high and lifted up, says Isaiah. Isaiah with a woe to everybody for all the beginning chapters of Isaiah, then the call of Isaiah comes and he's like, woe me, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, I'm telling you. Most people. Most people have not beheld God's glory. And I think I've seen a, a, a pinhole of it maybe. When you fast and pray, man, I just had a moment. When you fast and pray, it peels back your humanity. And as Mike Bickle says, and I love Mike Bickle's teaching and, and preaching, we differ in the area of eschatology. We're, we're pre-trib currently. I don't know, it's just like, I used to think the book of Revelation is just a weird book, but now, I don't know, it's just incredible, but I don't really understand it all. Anyway, I'm, I know it's all going to work out. Somebody said, I'm pan. It's all going to pan out. Pre, mid, post. They're, they're post-tribbers. Lift your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit. Mike Bickle said that fasting and prayer brings your heart before the burning bush of his presence. And so if you've never felt his presence, I've actually met people who, even in the most incredible outpouring, didn't feel God's presence. And usually that's because they've been deeply wounded as a child, then deeply wounded by their father or their mother or both. And really their, their ability to experience God's supernatural power is shut down because really they don't experience much emotion at all because they're wrapped up and protected because of all the trauma back in the past. Now that is a prophetic word, a word of knowledge for somebody here. If you don't experience his power, you're just numb. People weeping around you, raising their hands into you, they're like, I don't know what's going on, I don't feel anything. And you never feel anything, you might note. You need some counseling. We have a whole department, and I would encourage you to answer altar calls and come to the front. You can be set free from that encountering God's beauty, encountering his love, intimacy, fasting and prayer for the purposes of intimacy. God invites us, come up higher. He invites us in James, draw near to me, I will draw near to you. 
to you. So if we begin to draw near to God, He begins to come. How much of God would you like to have, by the way? How, how much of the Lord would you like to experience? Well, dead man can't see his face. So if you want to experience all of him, and, and, I, th- and I would say the same thing, but that requires a folding down of yourself, a dying to self. And, and, and it's, I remember hearing this guy, he's preaching, and he's weeping. He said, oh, the price to pay, the price to pay for the miracles, the price to pay. And I thought, what a farce. Because the price is paid by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then I grew up a little bit, and I realized, yeah, he definitely paid the price. And if I'm willing to pay the price that he's asking me to pray, to push myself away from things of time and tradition and the table, restrict myself from food and pray and press in, then I will, exp- and that is a death. So if you want more of God, you know, he's unchangeable. We change all the time. The, the word is immutable. He's immutable. He does not change. You want to go deeper in God, go right ahead. Oh, God, help us. All right, let me give you six types of fasting. A biblical definition of fasting is that New Agers fast, okay? And they fast for spiritual encounters, I might add. So, biblical definition of fasting is abstaining from food partially or absolutely for various lengths of time. And uh, I'll go through some of that. For the purpose of giving yourself to, to praying and talking to God Almighty in the name of Jesus. That's biblical fasting. Okay. The reg- regular fast. That's going without food or drink or waters or liquids, liquids without calories. It's liquid fast. That's going without solid foods or drink for or maybe only light liquids, fruit juices, stuff like that. There is the absolute fast. These crazy people on the front do absolute fasts. These guys. I've never done one. I'm partially tempted. Absolute fast. Absolute fast. Now, it should be in red. Did, did, they, did he put it in red? Maybe they didn't. It wasn't an error. I wanted a little red note on there. My bad, but. Uh, it's for only three days, because if you go longer than that, you really have an experience. You're dead. Okay, so <laughs> absolute fast. I've never done one of those. Three days only. Everybody say amen. There's the um, where you only eat one meal a day. Some have called that the Benedictine fast. I don't know. Benedict fast, you can, you can call it whatever you want. It's a one, one meal a day. There's a John the Baptist, number six, a John the Baptist fast. That's uh, insects and local, local honey. And uh, it's a joke. All right, I, I think I skipped one. Did I skip four? Partial fast. Sorry. The part, so here it is. Regular fast, liquid fast, absolute fast, Partial fast, Benedict fast, and that locust one, John the Baptist. And it's a joke. I don't know anybody that's done the John the Baptist fast, but I would suggest if you're going to eat locusts and honey, it's not going to hurt you. Uh, but be sure you get the locusts, you know, from Amazon. They're edible and not the ones for pets. Okay? 
because uh, snakes eat locusts, and uh, you don't want to eat snake food. Amen. Can you, can you give an amen? All right, nine biblical lengths for fasting. You ready? One meal. I mean, that's the length of the fast. You, you can fast one meal. Is there anything wrong with that? No, nothing. Everything right with it. Have you ever seen anybody that's like really into fasting, but they're really doing it the wrong way and they're full of pride? They're like, what kind of fast are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm uh, just not eating um, all the way till six o'clock at night. And then I mean, well, I'm on water. <laughs> well, you already have your reward with somebody patting you on the back. It's a partial day or a half day fast. And you see this in Daniel 6. All of these have uh, biblical backing, all right? All of these are, you'll find in Scripture. Daniel 6, 18. The king went into his palace and spent the night fasting. He just spent the night, just part of the day. I mean, there's many others, Judges 20. There's a one-day fast. Nehemiah did that. Nehemiah 9, 1 Samuel 7, Jeremiah 36. It's just you fast for one day. I've done lots of those. And, and, and we do them throughout, throughout the year and even weekly. There's three-day fast. Esther 4.16, 1 Samuel 30, Matthew 15. So that's where you don't eat. And you fast, basically, for three days. There's a 10-day fast found in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 12. Please test your servants for 10 days. Somebody said, well, that's really not a fast. He's, he's eating vegetables, and it's a, a Daniel fast is another way of saying that, where you don't eat meat, you don't have sweets, and it's, it's a 10 days long. A true Daniel fast would be 10 days long. You can, do it, you can do whatever you want. We've got freedom here. You'd be like, is there anything I can't? But let the Holy Spirit lead you. Like I said in morning prayer, true fasting has very little to do with food. It has everything to do with your heart, with your attitude. And Isaiah 58 talks about that. The 14-day fast. This is kind of funny. The only reason I put this down is I read it in a number of different commentaries. But I've decided to put it down. But I've been at sea. Has anybody else been at sea? Where is, where is uh, Captain back there? Captain Dream Center. You've been at sea. Has anybody... I don't mean like a little bit of rough water. I mean at sea. Has anybody ever been out at the Bering Sea in the middle of like the winter, that kind of thing. Okay, I have too. So when I read this, I just think it's funny. And you might as well. And I will define it for you. Acts 27, verse 33. As it was, as day was about to dawn, Paul implored all of them to take food, saying, it's the 14th day, and you've waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. Do you know why they didn't eat anything? Because they're in a massive storm. And when you're in a massive storm on a boat, any, any commentary that wrote that never been at sea. I'm just saying, you, you're not a big, big on eating. It's kind of, you just don't feel like eating. As you're tying yourself in your bunk when stuff is flying around. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I suppose you could apply the 14-day fasting right there. The 21-day fast, which is what we're doing, and it's a Daniel 10. And if I could have some keys, please. Daniel 10. Verse 2, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So three full weeks 
is 21 days. I ate no pleasant food, no meat, nor wine came to my mouth. I did not anoint myself at all until three full weeks were fulfilled. And what Daniel did, and I've said this every single fast, what Daniel did in the natural brought breakthrough in the spiritual that changed history. Let me say that again. What Daniel did in the natural brought breakthrough in the spiritual that changed history. Literally, history books, this is Lou Engel says it this way, history books are waiting to be written about, about intercessors. Intercessors can rewrite history. Not rewrite history, but write history, you understand. See, so many people think, well, it's God and he's going to do whatever he wants. That's absolutely not true. I mean, he is sovereign. But you have a tremendous role in fulfilling and releasing the power of God on the earth. Who is it that does miracles among you, Paul says to the Galatians. He's saying there's a person that comes. He's, he's got the gift of miracles. Yeah, he, come, he, he comes and visits the congregation every, every, uh, every, every year. Who is, it that, who is it that does miracles? Who is it that brings healing? He's saying there's people that are used by God and the gifts of the Spirit. He said, I want that. Well, go ahead and get it. The Holy Spirit spoke to me years ago and said, any anointing you see in Scripture is available for you, son. You can have anything you see in Scripture if you do what they did to get it. Amen. 21-day fast. What Daniel did in the natural brought breakthrough in the spiritual that changed history. What you do in the natural will bring breakthrough in the spiritual that can very well change history. He said, can God use me like that? Yes. The 40-day fast. Ooh. Ooh. Moses. Elijah. Jesus. The 40-day fast. I've done two. I'm not, I do not know where I'm going on this fast. 100%. It's clearly at least 21 days. But I may end up going 40, because after you get to 21, it's only 19 more. So <laughs> I heard somebody say, you got to be called to a 40-day fast. And I, that might be true. I don't know. But it's not to get the attention of man. It's to, to see these things. It's to see these are biblical purposes for fasting. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.